Here we go. Go. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up, America. Keep back in the building, Jasper. Ain't no more time for sleeping because uh, we have a lot going on in the world today, man. Uh, especially with this, uh, the infamous COVID-19. So um, I really don't like the way um, the last two months have have been worldwide. Uh, and it has visited the United States and New York is really taking a big hit. How you feel about that, Jeff? Uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 bad everywhere. I just want to point that out. Of course, it's it's bad everywhere. You know what? Wherever this virus is at, it seems to take no prisoners. Um, but uh, for spe- specifically for New York City, the problem is here is that we just have a very very dense population. Uh, people that live right on top of each other. And, uh, I, do, I agree. That's what makes things very difficult and very hard to trace. And especially if you don't know something's coming, it's very hard to prepare for something that you don't know is coming. However, it's very hard even if you do prepare because now you have to now trace 8.9 million people. Jeff, you're getting some, some feedback, some echo. Do you hear that? No, I don't hear an echo. You sound good to me. Okay. Well, um, the problem that bothers me is we knew this was coming and I feel like we did not take it seriously and we're not prepared. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I, agree with that. I would say that we were not prepared at all. Uh, as far as us not taking it seriously, I think they are taking it serious. I just think that they don't know. It. Hello. You know, if you you know if you're not prepared, then you know you're not. You know, you can take things serious, but if you're not prepared, then you know what well, what good is it? Well, I I I'm not. I'm really disappointed in the way we responded and how uh, the the entire country is handling this. It. it it feels like we're in a third world country. Yeah, I, you know I we agree. didn't have we didn't have adequate su- supplies. Um, our doctors, our nurses, our paramedics, EMTs, fire department, all our uh, uh, first responders that are on the front lines didn't have the essential uh, equipment to protect themselves. But here we are screaming USA, 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 and nothing is not made in the USA, USA, USA. You're right. And a lot of it is has to do with about these things way before the virus. We all knew that we didn't have hospitals. We all knew that we didn't have enough beds for things. We already knew we didn't have enough EMS units to accommodate if a crisis was to happen. Now, fair enough, we could say that, all right, you know, we were we were aware that something like this can happen, but we didn't know something like this can happen so soon. But we can always we can always point the fingers at this one and that one. But at the end of the day, though, we've been crying about this stuff for decades, and it was never done. So 
you know, now we just got to now deal with, I say we deal with it now because now this is the consequences of not being prepared. And this is the consequences of, of, of not hearing out to the people and, and, and to what, what they need and, and, and what we need, you know? So, you know, I think for America though, the way we handling it is just because the economy was quote unquote doing so well. As when I say quote unquote, I'm not agreeing with that narrative. I'm just saying, you know, in their eyes to them, the economy is great. So let's not let's not ruin this. Well, it's already ruined. <laughs> um I, I think a major problem is when you have the president of the United States not listening to his intelligence community. And it seems like they knew about this back in November of 2019, early December. But um, in the president's eyes, he pretty much said, uh, you know, it'll just come and it'll just go away. And he was pretty cavalier about it as, as if nothing would hit our shores and, and cause a problem. You know, um, you always have to be prepared for the worst, in my opinion. Right. I, I, I think we were caught off guard. Well, you know, we see, I think, see, in America, we seem to be more prepared for a nuclear, ex- nuclear explosion or some type of atomic bomb than we are to a health crisis and, a, and, a, and, and, and you know, a land and, and what they call it. You know, what, what does, what's the essential tools they say? What, you need land, bread, and water? <laughs> well, we, we, you know, we see we we seem to be more prepared for a nuclear war than we are for anything else, and that's the big issue here. Well, listen, judging on how we're handling this virus, I don't want to even ever ever think about any kind of nuclear or dirty bomb well, going on. Well, I say that is because while well, we just pump all this money into military spending, and you know we got all these nukes sitting down that we're not using. For whatever reason, for 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 whatever boogeyman is out there to come and get the United States, all these EMPs, all this other stuff, we got a whole house in our arsenal. What the hell are we? What, what the hell are we doing with the money that we're not using? Well, there's a lot of waste because, uh, I mean, if you think about it, our number one export are weapons. So, what does that say about our character as? You know, as the American government, if our number one export are weapons, is it we all we think about is war? Yeah, all we think about is profit. Uh, that's that. That's that. That's a very good point. I agree with and, you. You know, yeah. this, this country this country was country always, always the bottom line of this country. In my opinion, was always about it was always about economics and always about money and. I got a lot of unpopular opinions about what the response is really when it comes to the United States with the shutdowns and, and doing all these things and listening to these so-called experts. And, you know, and I just think a lot of it had to do with both sides fighting amongst each other about, hey, I'm going to lose money. Oh, well, if you shut this down, I'm going to lose money. Well, you know what? We should. Well, I pretty much think right now it's it's more about the people instead of uh, personal ease, don't you think? You know, because uh, the American people are suffering, so that that to me is a problem. And uh, 
We, America needs to start putting the people first. For one, you're right. You know, we. So, how do you feel about us opening up? Um, would I like some things to be open? Of course, I think majority of the country wants things to be open. However, I think that we need to make sure that we're doing it at the right time, and we got to make sure it's safe too. Now how they are now how the state and the federal government's looking at the reopening i don't agree with it at all i think that's just all bs the, on their approach on how they thinking they're going to just open up the country like oh we got to do this phase and that phase the flattening the curve and we got to do hospitalization rate listen 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 here before we had all this virus that was already a concern if i had got shot in the head tonight where I live at in my community, the chances of me surviving without COVID even existing was already a low. I, Tell I, me if I'm wrong. You're absolutely right. It'll take you an hour just to get to a trauma unit, which is Jamaica Hospital. Right. So I was already being put at risk for your low hospitalization rates, your lack of hospitals, your lack of trauma centers, your lack of, uh, of, of what do you call it, urgent care centers that you have. So, so don't tell me that's your main reason why you want to open up, because that's not that's not the way we should look at it. Well, I at 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 the comparison between a gunshot and a virus that's transmitted through droplets, sneezing, coughing, whether they're saying breathing, now they're saying it it can, it can enter your eyeballs. You, you know, every day we're finding out something different. Now you have, you know, the younger kids get coming Kawasaki, uh, which is uh, supposedly COVID related, and it's causing right. causing cardiac issues in young children. So how on earth could we even possibly even remotely think about opening up schools? Oh well, you know, when it comes to the schools, you know that that's a very touchy thing, and uh, you know. I don't agree with opening up schools in September at all. Uh, you know, I am one of those advocates who believe that we do need to open some part of the economy up because just eventually we're just going to have to keep printing and printing money. And then before you know it, our money's worthless everywhere. So, you know, I don't think writing stimulus checks is the answer either all the time. Oh, you know what? Stay home. Don't worry. We'll just keep taking care of you. Let's keep printing money. I, I, I'm not for that. However, I am for safety. And when it comes to kids and the elderly, that's the they're the most vulnerable now of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you can't send you can't send kids back to school without having the proper guidelines or, or a plan in place to keep everybody safe. Or even if you let's say we do have a good clear, let's say the scientists agree and say, yeah, you know what? Let's take the kids to school in September. It should be safe. But now what is the plan if we get a second or third wave? I don't want another total shutdown like the first wave. Let's find a way to gradually make it safe again so that way we don't have to hit this big hurdle that we're doing now. If well, you follow what I'm saying. Well, if you look at it, Germany opened up and now they're second wave and they're shutting back down. And in certain parts of China, they're doing the same thing. So, well, however, though, I would have to say, though, to, 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 to your point, though, Germany handled it a lot better than the U.S. Absolutely. But we're all human beings. You know, I think a lot of Americans have this mindset like we're from planet Krypton and nothing can happen to us. And that's a lot. Well, you know, I agree. 
that's part of the problem too, and a, and a lot of it has to do with people's privilege. Correct. That's a lot of bullshit. Um, I've lost close friends. I've I've lost two family members. So I can tell you, this virus is real. Okay. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I don't I don't think any rational human being thinks otherwise. So well, if you think about it. How many times have we seen our president and vice president in a public setting with no mask on? Do they have the vaccine? <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah, I, I know. Uh, they know it's real. I just think the way they're approaching it is it's kind of like trying to fit to their base and their point. Like, hey, look, you know, we got a virus here, but you know what? I don't want to be fearful anymore. And I don't want to show the American people it's fearful. We got to show the American people that it's time to get back to work and move on. I, I mean, look, you know what the president. I'm saying this yeah. sarcastically. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I'm saying this sarcastically. This is their message they're trying to put out to everybody. Hey, you know what, guys? Look at me. I'm the president of the United States and the vice president. I don't wear a mask. Look, I'm fine. I, I tested negative. You can do it too. Uh, well, it seems like their staff members are becoming positive. So I'm sure that's making them a little nervous unless they get the vaccine. Um, but you know, <laughs> uh, the, the funny thing is the president took a shot today at Fauci after uh, Fauci had his, his uh, testified before the Senate and he didn't like what Fauci was saying, but right on to in that same breath and that same sentence, he says, but we're going to have a great fourth quarter. So that just shows you where his mind is and what is more well, yeah. important to him. Well, no question. You know, he's worrying about the uh, uh, a great fourth quarter and how he looks in the, pub, the public persona amongst his peers that support him. Instead of thinking about right. the entire country. And, you know, it's, a, it's an election year. And, you know, to, to play devil's advocate for a second, what, what may be fair to his point is, well, you know what? I know I probably won't win if I try to work with everybody. So, you know what? Let me stay divisive so I can keep my base happy. That way I somehow see that I can win in 2020. <laughs> but you know what? If I play if I play good boy, if I play good boy and I play ball with everybody, it might it might slap me in the face later. All right. Fair enough. Let's say that is true. Right. It's still like what kind of human being are you? You know, absolutely. You're putting your election and the economy before, before the, the health and safety of the people that you represent. You're still the president of the United States, man. That's Until January 20th of 2021, whether you win or not, you're still the president of the United States. And it's so you have to do your job. It's, it's t- exactly, exactly. It, it's time for him to act like one. This is not a reality TV show. The buck stops here. And he is failing miserably. You know, whether... I'm sorry. If he thinks a $1,200 check is going to keep me happy at home, it's not. How how long is that going to last? Let me just ask the folks in Atlanta. Well, I'll just tell you you right now, the $1,200 is gone already. For me, my $1,200 is spent already. Uh And it it wasn't on no Gucci or Jordans. (laughs) That that was uh I'm not even gonna touch on that. We already know that was some real foolery, you know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not here to go and start attacking people on 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 their on how they spend their money. But all I said is I fell behind on a lot of bills, 
that I had to just throw all the twelve hundred dollars to. I couldn't stimulate no economy with twelve hundred dollars. Well, I, I can tell you this: um, a lot of people are hurting and suffering. Um, I see food pantries in places that I never thought I would ever see them. So mm. it it does. Care to throw in? Care to throw in some neighborhoods that you saw food pantries that are normally not in? Uh, you know, just reading and, and you know, you, you see it on television, you see it in, in the papers. Uh, uh, a lot of them are, are going on, on in Brooklyn. We have a lot in Rockaway, too, as well, and other parts of Queens. So you have a lot of uh, civics uh, getting involved, a lot of activists that, you know, that are out there on the scene to help those who uh, don't have the means or can't get around. You know, those are admirable things for uh, people to do um, if you're able to do it. Well, you know what? I share I share a story of my own, too, with you and everyone else listening. Um, I was on a I was on a food pantry line uh, for for some friend of mine. You know, they couldn't make it outside. They're sick. Um, you know, not COVID related, we hope test pending. Okay. And, you know, I was standing online going to get them food. You know, I drop it off in front of the door or whatever. You know, I'm not going to go inside, of course. <laughs> Um, and you know, we, we go and we wait online and I had this guy who kind of stood there looking a little strange, you, you know, when everybody from the neighborhood is kind of like from the neighborhood, you know what I mean? You know, when you could tell someone's from the neighborhood, yeah, yeah. I was on a line and I could tell that there was this guy, man, he stuck out, man. Like the guy was very clean, you know, he was wearing sophisticated clothing really? and you know, he, he was somebody who was from another neighborhood, however, but he heard about the food pantry here. And he said, hey, uh, you know, I, I was working at Wall Street and I lost my job. And, you know, I just got out of college. And, you know, I was doing well for myself and I lost my job and I don't get the pandemic insurance. You know, unemployment is almost pennies for me. I'm, I'm struggling. Wow. And it kind of makes you wonder now, you know, it's like. Where's this real divisiveness coming from? Because it, it can't be it can't be just regular people because you see everyone's being affected by this. Really. Yeah, you're right. So. Right. I don't know what the fighting's about amongst the people in power up there. Like, I, I think this is more of like a rich person's problem more than it is us. You know, the 1% seem to be the ones that got an issue with everything. Well, those in Washington are just worrying about control and keeping that control. Uh, right. If you ask me, I think they should have term limits for the House of Representatives. I I, I think you're sitting in office for 30 and 40 years is dangerous. Yeah, if the president can have term limits, why why can't the rest of them on that level have term exactly. limits? Exactly. And, and, and if you ask me, I think judges, too, should not be on there until they die. On uh, the Supreme Court? My yeah, Supreme Court justices, I feel like, well, give them a longer term. I mean, I understand, you know, courts work differently. You have cases that go on for 10, 12 years. Right, but, right. Yeah, you got a judge sitting on there right now. They doing whatever they can to saran wrap her so she don't die. Because it looked like any any one little bump or fall, she's dead. Forgot her name. Well, you see, they mostly uh, most of them would get appointed at probably the age sixty five anyway. So they're not thinking. Right. Well, well, maybe it's time to start going for the forty something year old judges because they're out there. They're out there. Um, that's another process that is always been a little questionable to me uh you know it's like a pay-to-play type of game uh yeah you know it's a big it's a big frat when it comes to when it comes to them lawyers and and, and 
justices correct, and judges. Correct, correct. But my thing is, I just hope that if you're going to sit on, on the highest court of the land, that you're there to do the right thing and not return a favor to someone. Do what's right for the American people. Right. Uh, and don't pay homage to someone who put you where you were. Do the right thing. I'm sure they take an oath as attorneys uh, and they should live by that creed. You know, so um, I, you know, th- there's a lot going on, but we, we ju- jumped off a uh, course. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, a lot of, but you know what? All this stuff kind of ties into it, man. You know, like I said, I really believe that a lot of the policies that were put in place and a lot of things that we didn't act on eight to 10 to 12 to 20 years ago is, is came back to bite us. Big time. Uh, it, it just shows you uh, our health care system has a problem. Uh, oh, it yeah. shows you oh, um, we're not uh, coordinating properly with, with our agencies from, from uh, FEMA uh, up to the uh, our infectious disease units that were uh, taken apart last summer by our president to save money, which I have a problem with that. Uh, firing your entire infectious disease team is, is quite troubling. And maybe that's the reason why we're in the predicament that we're in. But I'm glad to see when I look at Cuomo's uh, briefings every day that the the numbers are going down i just want it to stay that way uh, i'm hoping the numbers stay down so uh we can slowly but surely start opening up you know oh so you so you actually you actually feel that we should open up eventually um i think they will open up some things that they think that uh a lot more important a lot more important to slowly get the economy back together um but when it comes to like yeah, group, yeah. group events schools and stuff I'm, I'm on the fence with that because there's no vaccine no, I'm, I'm with you on that there's no vaccine there's no cure now we have this this new uh kawasaki that's uh supposedly covid related and it's affecting children that's very frightening. I have two young children myself. Brian, you know, yeah, and I can, I can, uh, I can definitely feel your pain on why you feel that way. You know, I don't have kids myself, so I can't sympathize the same, of course. But you know, if you have kids, that's definitely a concern. And I think, for most part, most of the people who want to just run up to work and open up and everything and don't really care is mostly a lot. A lot of people got to understand this too now, especially with millennials and the late Gen Xers. A lot of them grew up to not have families. A lot of them grow up to just be very independent and single and, you know, they, they do what they got to do, pay their debt to society and go home. I think there's a lot of those people that are, those are the ones that are complaining because, you know what, they're sitting at home alone. And, you know, I kind of want to take it to another course real second. You know, staying home and stopping the spread thing, it made a lot of sense in the beginning because this thing came so fast. It, it, it ignited. We lost a lot of people so fast. We didn't understand what was going on, so it was it was definitely necessary to do a total shutdown. I was never against a total shutdown at first, but now two months later, it's kind of softening up a little bit. It's not as what we would like it to be. It's not going anywhere, but you know, some people are struggling too to stay home, 
And I, I want to, I really want to speak out for those people on this podcast about that. There are some people that are alone and they're struggling. Mental health is still exists. You know, a lot of people are scared to come outside. They feel like they're never going to have a life again. Well, I agree with you on that, but we must learn from history. And uh, the pandemic in 1918 was right around in May when they opened up. And by September, it came back with a vengeance and took out millions more, way more than the first wave. So we have to pay attention to history and try to get right. Now, um, right. there's a lot of other things. We're going to need more than one show to touch on. I, I There's a big mystery on the origin of this COVID uh, virus uh, coming out of Wuhan and, or Wuhan or however you want to pronounce it. But uh, another thing that bothers me is our U.S. We're going to that same lab from the United States. We were funding this research the that French. took place over there. Yeah, though, we weren't the only ones. A lot of those countries, like the French, uh, the UK, and uh, two, two uh, countries in um, South America were funding this, and our universities in the United States were funding this. That's a problem. That, that's a big problem. So somebody knows something, you know what I mean? Somebody out there knows something. I don't want to, okay, all right, all right, let's play the game real quick, right? All right, cool. You guys were misled by China or whatever. All right, that's cool. You can go ahead and hang on to that if you want. But what about all those other people that are incorporated in China that are tied to your country? You're telling me that you couldn't reach out to someone? Someone knows something. Someone knows what's going on in that lab every day. Exactly. And why would we? Or do you do you invest blindly? And do you blind invest? When you invest, what you do? You exactly. ask questions, right? Before you put your money in the And they knew right? the lab was unsafe. They knew their practices uh, were questionable. And still, money was flowing to that lab. Uh, right. Now, remember, this outbreak may have not necessarily been in the United States in October, but it did start in October in China. So the outbreak was known somewhere somehow. Well, how it missed the president? How did it miss our intelligence community? I don't know. That, that's a little questionable how the CIA said, well, we didn't find out until February. I don't know. You guys are the CIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how, to, how many things slipped past you guys. Oh, another strange. The doctors and the scientists that were trying to sound the alarm in China or disappear. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Recently. And you know, China... <laughs> They 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 don't have the free speech rights that we have there. Uh, yeah, they they their free speech is is just. I mean, you you have the new generation. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to rebel. I, I think they're going to have a hard time with these millennials. <laughs> because yes, yes, especially yeah, in home the life. mindset is totally different, and I just don't think that they'll be they're going to be able to hold that hold it down like that for another. 50 to 100 years. I just don't see it. And, uh, no. And I mean, it's sad because the police and them, they're fighting every day. Like the protesters, you protest in China, the police have the right to now forcibly stop you. Huh. And it's, it's, it's ugly over there. And it's been crashing their economy a lot before the virus. And, you know, a lot of these conspiracy theorists can say what they want or whatever. But I do pay attention to it sometimes because you got to start connecting dots where it seems fit. 
And it so happens that this virus became very big in China during the times that the Hong Kong was was rebelling against the Chinese with a lot of, you know, exports and taxes and laws that they were coming down hard on, on Hong Kong. And they were shutting down airports. They were shutting down the economy there. And they were making a splash. That's very true. Well, um, I'm glad to uh, have you back on. And it's been a while. It's just so much has been going on, Jeff. But we the other time. Oh, yeah, no, we, we lost a lot yeah, of people. We've, we've lost a lot. Of, tw- over 20,000 in, in the state of New York alone. Um, that's a lot of people. And I don't want us to have a summer of regret. I, I, I'm really, I love the summer, but for some reason, I'm just not looking forward to it. I, I feel you the same because whether or not we stay on lockdown or not, it's going to be a very difficult task this Absolutely. summer. Because remember, man, it's going to be so hot in those homes. A lot of people don't have ACs. A lot of people don't have fans. It's going to be very hot. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. And if people got to stay in the house, that's going to, and you know, we got to, that's another thing before we wrap up is DC, your citizens are not going to do well in heat in the house. So they're going to have to find a way to transport people to cooling centers safely and practice social distancing or whatever. I, I mean, we got a big challenge ahead of us at in June, July, and August. I'm just wow. like, and look, we got a plan now while the weather is still summer. Well, the mayor cool. and the governor need to be having these conversations like now. <laughs> Don't wait until the heat yeah. hits us because, uh, you know, we're already in mid-May, so it's right around the corner. You know, sometimes we jump from spring straight to summer or some over spring, yes. which I don't uh, and go straight to summer. But uh, Jeff, uh, I, hear, I you have a live stream show. You want to let everyone know uh, what we can expect to hear? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, I, I started doing this live stream on, on Facebook because you know what? I got to kind of like sometimes let my thoughts out and kind of like try to spread a message in a, in a, in a good light to people and kind of have other people understand where I'm coming from, okay. what I'm thinking about. And, you know, it, it's not really specifically to attack people or anything. It's just my thoughts, you know, and tomorrow's episode is going to be a little more interesting because I kind of, it's kind of me touching on my own little theories. I always tell people before the show, it's not something that you should take with like a big spoonful and be like, oh, this guy's crazy or he's just sp- trying to speak his own facts. It, it, it's theories. Okay. But, you know, it's if something that you can listen to it. If, if you're into it, fine. You know, if you're not, then I understand. But, you know, there's just a lot of things with this virus and I've been doing a lot of research and back history and a lot of things aren't making sense to me no more uh, on some of the things. Uh, what's doing. the name of your show? Did you come up with a title yet or... Not not yet. You know, it is on my live Facebook. So if you put in Jeffrey A. Williams Masonette, it'll tell you when I go live. You can always follow me. If you don't want to add me as a friend, you can follow me. And every time I go live, it'll give you a Great. So what time should we look forward to your show tomorrow? I should say about about 9, 9, 9 p.m. PM Eastern, uh, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. specific time stay, for my West Coast two. people out there. And um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be talking about uh, Dr. Faki and his uh, and, and his little HIV experiments he was doing on on people. Oh of color yeah, back then. that man's been around a while. I didn't know he started working since the Reagan administration. This guy's been around for a long time, people. So hmm. that'll be interesting. Tuned. And on that note, 
we're going to step off, but we'll be back soon. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. Take care. Thanks a lot. Take care. Peace from the East. Peace.